What's up and welcome to Party Invite, where we invite you to a gaming community of inclusiveness and diversity. Your party members today are Thomas Egan. Hello. Carlos Gomez. Debbie Hill. Hi. And I am your party leader, Chris Murray. Today, we're going to talk about survival games and how Valheim changes the perceptions of the genre. But as always, let's start with what we've been playing. I'm going to go ahead and start off today because uh, I haven't been able to play too much uh, this past week. Uh, but I did play, uh, Devin and I played a lot of a fitness game called Box VR. Um, yeah. that, Talk about that. Yeah. Um, so we, I have PSVR. And uh, that creates a, a little bit of problems with the, the cordage situation. But it is a boxing game that is similar to uh, Beat Saber or, or a rhythm game like that. But you're having to throw the punches, throw hooks, uppercuts, um, having to duck down under objects and things. Um, and they have these like classes that you can take that are like, hey, this is for beginners. It's only two minutes to get your kind of feet wet and you get to know how this is going to be. Um, and this one's for warriors. And this, this one's one for, for well, yeah. Then it goes. Then it goes. Yeah. Then you it goes. Pick your class, right? Um, but you like enter in uh, your your age, your weight, uh, your gender, all those kind of things. So it kind of formulates things for that uh, right. body. It's got to customize the perfect boss that you can fight. Though there's right? no bosses. It's Beat Saber. There's no bosses. Oh, so, so there there are no dragons in this game? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't about? understand. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, it's just it's too long of a joke. Too long of a joke. Yeah. I, it's okay. I've played I'm, Ring Fit Adventure, Thomas. I missed it. Oh, no, I get it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Ring Fit Adventure is a completely different thing than this. Um, but uh, it really, it does a really good job. It, um, like, it does a really good job of being fun. Enough to where like that you're you're interested in the challenge of it of like trying to hundred percent a workout or um, it's all like based on tracks basically and you can kind of build your own uh, workouts if you want um, but just the all the movement and especially if you have it on hard which is what I'm playing on which I I can't play hard on Beat Saber that is just insanity what they're doing on Beat Saber but. Um, on this game, I can. Boxing expert. <clears throat> yeah, expert. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but in box VR, it really it gives you a much better workout than Beat Saber does, except for on expert. I'm assuming. Um, but it it really fucking like we played for like three hours straight one day, and then the next day, like we just couldn't. Our arms were so worn out, like just mm-hmm. incredibly workout sore, which I haven't been in a really long time. Um, thanks quarantine. And, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it works wonders. I think it's only $30. Um, that sounds right. Cause that's, that's the same price as Beat Saber. Um, but it, it's, it's really fun. I'm surprised that it was one of those things where, where we would like, I would do like a 10 minute workout, then hand it off to her. She would do a 10 minute workout back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it does say right at the beginning, hey, be careful, don't overexert yourself. Uh, but it was fun enough and like the challenge was there enough to be like, I, I think I'm going to do one more. 
uh, I think I want to do another one. Let me try another one. Let me just keep going mm-hmm. until the next day. Until the next day where you're like, arms are useless. Uh, but and I'm sure it's probably the same with Ring Fit. And at least with Ring Fit, there's like a a story and it's it's a game game, right? This is more like pop in, do your workout, pop out of it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's great. If you like Beat Saber or any sort of rhythm game, it's awesome for that. And if you're trying to get a workout while playing video games, in PSVR, anyway, this is a good way to do it. And also, I think it's on uh, Oculus and all those other kind of things as well. Um, it, something I it wish... It sounds like... Um, yeah, go ahead. That one game that came out for the Switch, that it's called Boxing Fitness Boxing 2, I think. It's the sequel to the one that came out like two years ago. Mm-hmm. But it sounds a lot like that, except for VR. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's hmm. it's really cool. Uh, the one thing I wish they did, at least on the PlayStation side, is you can't save profiles. So like literally every time I I take off my headset and it's like set to my age, my weight, and all that, Devin puts it on. She has to change that every single time. It That's does not cool. save. Uh, the only oh, way yeah. it saves is on PC. You have to have the PC version. It's like, well, why would you not put that in that? It just sounds like a poor um, decision. <laughs> Because if you have multiple people using the device, how like that's just an annoying thing that you have to keep constantly doing. But right, the the game's fun enough. I like since we got this, we literally have not touched Beat Saber, and I know people love Beat Saber, um, but I'm just saying I've been playing more box VR than I have Beat Saber. Um, well, Beat Saber is more for like entertainment instead of a workout. If you're specifically looking to work out, then yeah. you probably should play something like Boxing VR over yeah. Beat Saber. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah. So yeah. I, I linked on uh, one of the, actually, I think it was the thread you shared on Facebook right. about uh, VRFitnessInsider.com. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a site that I followed for, I don't know, maybe like three years. And I've never actually followed any of its advice, but I find it useful and interesting uh, to read it. Um, what they have used Beat Saber and other similar games for, they're like, all right, turn it up, go as fast and hard, like put it on no fail, and basically like not use it as a warm up, but use it as like a, like a, like running, like a cardio thing. Yeah. So you're not you're not gonna feel like your muscles aren't gonna be as tired as they are with boxing, like for sure, but it's gonna get your cardio up. And so yeah. they'll often use that as like here, like warm up with Beat Saber, play that for. 30 minutes now we're going to go do this thing that's really going to kick your ass yeah yeah and that's something too that since we kind of we took a day off and we went back to it yesterday i would have played again today uh but this whole phone transfer situation happened today um i feel myself being like i'm less tired after playing it i'm you know like i'm starting to get the the fitness and not just fitting all this food in my fridge and in my face. Um, so when you said you were working out the other day, is that what you were doing? Yeah, I was literally in that the for like four hours. Mm-hmm. And then when I when I opened my phone, I had like 40 missed messages. And I was like, oh, well. So what we did, what we did is like- when when one of us was doing the box VR, the other one was on the um, on the bike. So we just kind of okay, okay. bounced back and forth. We worked out way too much in one day, uh, but the game was fun. So it just like kept us wanting to play it. Um, uh, but other than that, I dabbled in Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I played the 
uh, first little world that you go to in that. Um, and then all over the internet, I was seeing this great thing that you could you could get the uh, dual-bladed lightsaber really early in the game. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do that. Um, and something that was already kind of pushing against me in this game is its difficulty. Like, in Jedi games or or Star Wars games, like, I'm not looking to for a challenge. I'm looking to be a Jedi badass and run through all these people. Like, a stormtrooper's not going to give a Jedi any problems. But in this game, it does, apparently. Um, like, literally, stormtroopers can't shoot. But in this one, they can. I don't... Whatever. Anyways. So... Um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go get the double-bladed lightsaber. Then I'm like creating my own sort of like Star Wars story within its story where it's like I've never seen a story like an or at least like an origin story about a Jedi with a dual-bladed saber. So I'm going to do that. So basically all it is is the game allows you to do this. So it's not technically gaming the system. But when you first get to pick between which worlds you go to, there's like one that's like, hey, here's where your main mission is. And the other... Uh, world is open to you to also go to and you go there and you basically just run past all the enemies until you get to the uh dual bladed lightsaber station so i was like yeah that seems easy enough i watched a youtube video and i was like ah yeah that seems fine i can do that Uh, and then i'll just go back and like go through the story i got so damn frustrated on just running through the level that I was like, I am done with this. Like, I'm not playing this game anymore. <laughs> uh, there was like and you a, were trying to game the system, and it still got you. <laughs> it still got me. Uh, but the the, the the stuff that was already pushing pushing back on me was just the difficulty, like the parrying and all that kind of stuff. Those are just not my games. And I was hoping that this game maybe did it for me, right? Where I'd be like, oh, hey, yeah, I kind of like those games now. No, nope, didn't do it for me. I thought maybe Niho would do that for me. It didn't. Um, I just don't think I'm a fan of so, Souls likes so or the, the next one you're yeah, gonna play. Okay. So, so not gonna so work. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you don't like that genre, I'd probably call it a date. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's where I'm at now. Is just like I just don't think it's it's for me. well, and I think mainly it's the like what I expect from a Star Wars game. And hopping in there and knowing that it's a Souls like, but being like, oh, this will be, but it'll be like with like fucking kid gloves on it. No, it's still pretty fucking difficult. Um, yeah. And like the whole, the typical, difficult, lemon difficult. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and the whole part that's like really frustrating was you have to like wall run and then jump onto this like little uh, piece of wood and walk across that wall run again to get to this ledge. But on that ledge are two guys shooting at you. So once you've run past all the enemies and you finally get to this room where you have to wall run and get up to the top, if you miss that jump once, which you will because the controls are shit, um, <laughs> all of a sudden all those enemies that you just ran past are now in the room with you. Nice. So you are now trying to run around not get hit by five enemies um, and you still have the two up top that are shooting shit at you. So you get up to the top, like once you finally got up to the top and pulled yourself up, by the time you're like trying to block, you're getting shot off the top of that thing. And I'm just like, this is, I'm not enjoying this whatsoever. Um, And I was already having some problems with the parry system and the, um, just kind of the whole vibe of it, 
you know, I like something like mm-hmm. Star Wars Unleashed was more what I was hoping for, and that's not at all. Oh yeah, uh, those are not even close to similar. No. Uh, so yeah, I just I I think that Souls Souls likes are just not for me. They're not ever going to be for me. I should stop trying. Uh, but <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I always <laughs> I might, might I suggest um, Lego Star Wars the series. <laughs> Great series. Great series. Um, I mean, it'll work out. We need general. <laughs> yeah, those are great. Uh, I've had a lot of fun with those. But those that uh, I always try to give a game a try, even if I know I'm not a fan of the genre, which we're we're going to get into later about uh, survival games. Um, so, like, I've tried Neho. I've tried Bloodborne. I've tried all of it. Bloodborne was like the the one I was just like, I don't know how people play this game. This is infuriating. How do people play this? Um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I was like, I was telling Carlos and Thomas earlier before we started recording, I was like looking for a story, something to play through. Um, and nothing was like sticking. I was like going in, dabbling into something and being like, nope, this ain't it. Check this one out. Nope. This ain't it either. This ain't it either. It's that time of year where we're like in between game releases. Um, and you're like just trying to go through your backlog and be like, oh, what what should I yeah, let me download all of these and then none of them are the ones you end up playing. That's kinda that's right. that's where I'm at in my in my gaming life right now. Um but uh Carlos, what have, what have you been playing lately? Yeah. Um I've gotten back into playing a handful of things at the same time. Um at the, the early start of the week. I decided to get back into Fire Emblem Heroes. That's on my phone. Um, oh, that's the that's the oh, no. Yeah, that's no. a gotcha game. I don't no. put money into it, Debbie, so so we're we're good there. <laughs> I I think I put two dollars into it way back when because I've I've probably played it the first six months I probably played it a couple hundred hours. Holy shit. Um yeah. It's but a good game. I mean it's Fire Emblem. So. It is it is really good. Um but at this point it's up to book five. Uh, and I played it extensively for the first year, and I am only in book two right now on the story progress. So, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to catch up to a, a reasonable level. Um, and, I mean, there's there's so many characters to play. There's so many levels. Like, it's really thoughtless when you're going through the motions of the, the campaign chapters, but uh, it still gives you the feels that any other Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem game will give you. Um and then of course with the the Nintendo Direct yesterday, I had to check out the Triangle Strategy, uh, Square Enix demo. I'm so excited about uh, that game. It's it's going to be really good. The demo, how are the course, triangles? Like, how is the strategy? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all projects, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the yeah the triangle part of it I haven't even checked out yet because the the main story beats uh, are in one one uh, location so i i'm just going with those right now uh, but there are two other branching paths that that you can take just in the demo i have no idea how long the demo is um but i put an hour 45 into it last night so if it's um, anything like the yeah. octopath traveler demo it should probably pretty like be kind of girthy you know yeah i just feel like to i give you probably get almost 10 hours in it though so jesus <laughs> uh i love me some octopath travelers though so, so were we right in our assessment that is more like Final Fantasy Tactics than Octopath Traveler? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Although it, it is, uh, I feel like Octopath was just that one step past, uh, past other RPGs, including Final Fantasy Tactics, as far as talkiness. The amount of dialogue in this game is ridiculous, in a mostly good way. Um, it's it's in very perfect triangle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in triangle strategy, like it's uh, tactics um, triangle like, strategy <laughs> project. You yep. know, it's it's totally just gonna be triangle strategy. Um, but it's very fun. The art is gorgeous. Uh, the characters are pretty generic so far, but uh, I think it's it's, it's going a Squeenix game, so that's to be expected. Squeenix. Yeah. Yeah, Protect the crystal! Watch out for the poison! <laughs> Although <Phoenix>. they they <laughs> did... Just in the first chapter, they, they already uh, like gave away this potential plot point of uh, the epic soldier hero dying in the first chapter and coming back somewhere down the line. But hey, it's it's still cool, even if it's derivative of like all the other JRPGs out there. Um, and then uh, the the game that I completed this week because I'm, I'm getting back into that whole killing my backlog thing, uh, it was Wide Ocean Big Jacket. Uh, uh, it's, it's so good. That so sounds good. like an indie title. I, I love is, that cake song. It is very indie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it's Wide actually, Ocean uh, Big Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the company that made it was Turnfollow. Uh, it's made up of two people and then like a couple other artists that joined them uh, a little bit. Uh, and yeah, it's a fantastic game. It's not like something I could... Oh, it looks uh, good. There's not a whole lot to compare it to, but it is basically a walking simulator and then you've just got dialogue um, that you that you get to play through. It's barely an hour. Uh, there's a, a small like 15-minute... Um, addition to the main story that you can play but it doesn't add a whole lot to it but yeah basically the chillest chap the chillest hour of gaming that you can have uh especially when i was playing it in here when it was 40 degrees uh just in my workstation uh spot in my house like very chill and it's <laughs> it's a summertime game and it gave me those vibes Inside and out, um, super funny. Like it's basically just a, a an aunt and uncle take their uh, niece and her boyfriend, quote unquote, uh, on a camping trip, and you just experience the camping trip. It's super fun. Uh, I I can't recommend it any more. So it's uh, as of right now, it's two bucks on Switch. <laughs> so you're really not missing out if you buy it. Yeah, just it's two bucks on. Well, it's on sale for two dollars. It's normally eight dollars, um, but yeah, I would say definitely pick it up on Switch if you got the whole two dollars right now. Uh, I think it's on sale for another day, maybe a few more days. Mm. Uh, but if you just need something to chill out and something that like it, it really reminded me of the comedy of like Juno. Um, there's there's a whole section uh, of the game where you're looking for a place to pee. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's just the funniest stuff and the character that you play uh, is just this naive but also very uh, beyond her years uh, teenager that's just a really funny personality uh, and you get to make a couple dialogue choices uh, along the way and it's it's just super fun 
So is this um, kind of like a visual novel then, some, somewhat? It's it's largely a visual novel. There's It's very scripted as far as the actual gameplay sections. Like, there's a moment where you're, uh, you're bird-watching, uh, so you, you actually get to zoom in and out, uh, binoculars, and then otherwise you're really just walking around and, and picking up things every once in a while, but most of the gameplay is just clicking through dialogue. But it's way more exciting than that. <laughs> I, I kind of want to say that reminds me a bit of like um, what's it called? Broken Age, by Double Fine. It I know what you're talking about. Kind of has that same same sort of experience. Yeah, it's it's quick, it's witty, and uh, visually it's it's arresting in its style. Uh, actually, the the gameplay itself, uh, you see the screenshots of it, but it's um, it's jilted. Like there's there's a, a frame rate. It's like watching something like 10 frames a second, how they're animated, how the characters are animated when you're walking in. Like, most of your gameplay is walking, so it's just really funny to look at your characters. Uh, it's, it's a fun time. And cool. just, just try it. That's, that's all I have to say on that one. <laughs> Wide Ocean Big Jacket. Nice. By cake. <laughs> yeah. Maybe um, not by cake. <laughs> Uh, Thomas, you want to talk about Cardo a little bit? Yeah, so I played Cardo after we had Reb Valentine on a little while ago, and uh, she recommended it. She was playing it. Uh, that's when I was playing The Witness, and uh, I was looking for a Saturday morning game. So we played Cardo on uh, the brunch special last weekend on Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. And the brunch special is becoming one of my favorite times of the whole week. Uh, it's so comfy. Carlos, you just described... Uh, that game having summer vibes. And I look forward so much to waking up, curling into my blanket here, which you can't see because of the camera, uh, and and grabbing a big, this this humongous size of my head coffee mug and uh, <laughs> sitting down with a game. And I, I love it. So I sat down with Cardo. And just like Reb said, it's a game where you play a girl who's been separated. She's fallen onto this island uh, with a map and you're looking around for these map pieces to try to get back to your to your home and as you build this map physically like for yourself it rearranges the world so uh, you find a map piece and you're on the grasslands and you see a piece of forest and you see someone near that forest and they say hey you should go find so and so they're in a forest much bigger than this and you find two map pieces lying on the ground nearby and they're both forest pieces so what you have to do is rearrange your map to make a big forest all together and then da -da 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 -da, now there's a big forest you can walk into and then when you walk into it there's the character you need to find oh, and, fine. Uh, it it just has this easy gameplay loop where the game wants you to succeed there are some minor puzzles uh the biggest puzzle i got to at the end of the stream um I played for about two, I want to say two and a half hours or so. Uh, I'm definitely going to beat the game this weekend. So hopefully by the time this podcast goes up, uh, I think uh, five and a half to six hour game. So I got one puzzle that was a little bit difficult, but only because I was just being dumb. <laughs> uh, because I was assuming very little of it. So I wasn't very good at solving this puzzle. Anyway, uh, the game wants you to succeed. Uh, it will tell you something. And then you've got to figure out how to do it. 
there are three areas that I've been in so far. They've each had a small minor mechanic that you've kind of got to figure out, but it it really scratches the itch of exploration and uh, it's just a snap for your eyes. Uh, the art style is great. The writing is is charming and very. Uh, it, it feels it feels like you're reading a book. I mean, it feels like you're reading a book about someone in a faraway land, uh, meeting wonderful people and trying to find their way home. And that's exactly what it is. I it, I love it. Uh, I should. Who who made that game? I I'm gonna look this up here in a second and come back to it. Um, the power of internet. That that game is great. So that's Cardo. All it is is rearrange your map to explore the world. But the the gameplay loop is so satisfying, and I really recommend it. I'm playing it on Game Pass. I think normally it is uh, twenty dollars. And I believe it's on all parts of Game Pass, and you can also play it on Touch. So mm-hmm. yes, you can. Definitely. Worth um, it is developed by Sunhead Games and is published by Humble Games. Yep. Oh, nice. An independent game studio in Taiwan, this says. Mm-hmm. Oh, fine. So it's cool. It's very, uh, it ha- like, you're on islands the whole, pretty much the whole time. Uh, that's mostly true. But there are island people. There are forest people. I liked in the forest area, uh, you find these people with their companions like you find three hunters and each hunter has a different companion Uh, and i liked that it felt pretty true to old folklore of especially like european and eastern european folklore there was like clearly like a russian guy like an eastern european guy and then there were two versions of uh huntsmen that you might find in a typical european fable but i really like that it it just feels like you're in like a fabled book, like a fable, a uh, children's fable book. And I like it a lot. So yeah, $20 or uh, find it on game pass on Xbox and PC. It's Cardo. I'm pretty sure it's available on switch as well. This would make an excellent switch game, by the way. Um, I'm surprised okay. it's not already. It sounds like it would be. Like well, a perfect fit for that system. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying it is a switch game. And if you aren't sure, like, if you have to buy it, if you don't have Game Pass, then I would recommend buying it on Switch. Okay, okay, okay. That's not where I'm playing it, but if I didn't have Game Pass, that's where I would play it. It's 20 bucks, so. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's worth 20 bucks. It's six hours, and they're a good, charming six hours. Uh, it's a very watchable game, so. Uh, I mean, last week we talked about Valentine's game, or two weeks ago we talked about Valentine's games. Um was that when was valentine's day time is stupid last week yeah so i guess it was our last episode i don't, I don't know i don't know uh but the <laughs> point is we've talked about games that you can play uh with someone watching you your partner or your kid or whoever this is a really good game for that mm-hmm. so i played none of the games i recommended by the way <laughs> uh, uh Debbie, I forget, as a follow-up from last week, have you played Sayonara Wild Hearts yet? Uh, no, I watched Bowser play. That's right. That's right. Well, that game is a snack. So. <laughs> um, well, what did you play this week, Debbie? Um, so I got back into Splatoon 2, which is very convenient because they just announced the 
like release year for Splatoon 3. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. And I'm really sad because Team Chaos was the one who won the last, the final fest, which is why it's all post-apocalyptic now. I really oh, wanted to yeah. see um, the futuristic, like, Chrome, like, Logan's Run appeal of Team Order, if they had one. But they didn't, so we got Mad Max. It's fine, I guess. So, did they, for real, decide the aesthetic of the next game based on who won? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. That's what they did with the last game, too. So the Final Fest was in Splatoon 1 was you have to choose a side between Callie and Marie which were the pop idols from the last game. In Splatoon 2, we have Marina and Pearl. Marina, who, I'm cos- who I've cosplayed before. Um, and they're called Off the Hook. But the last ones are the Squid Sisters, Callie and Marie. And they're more like poppy, like J-poppy, sort of, rather than Off the Hook's like techno rap mix. Um, but the final fest for that one was between Callie and Marie. And Marie won? So in the lore, Callie was so distraught that she ended up running away. And so the story, the campaign of the story for Splatoon 2 is Marie is enlisting your help to find Callie. That's that's really wild. I yeah. had no idea that that's how all of this went down. So, Oh, yeah. Splatoon is, like, one of the most well-written Nintendo IPs, like, of all time. Like, don't at me. It's, it's the truth. <laughs> it is, it is so good. Even the DLC, which is the Octo expansion, made me cry. Like, right. the story for that game that, made me cry. That Traveler crossover? <laughs> I wish. That would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're a kid now. You're a squid now. You're a sacrificial priest in the middle of a... No. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, so, with the trailer for 3, what well, we were having a hard time wrapping our head around when we were on that little video call with, uh, um, scary, with scary Scary, scary Gary. Gary. We discovered how Facebook uh, watch parties work. Yeah. I, yeah. A little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Quite jank. <laughs> yeah, a little jank. Uh, but is this, is there like a big single player element happening here? Because it kind of looked like yeah, you were walking around and it was almost like an open world type thing. And then you hopped onto the bus and that took you to a city, which then they started doing like the multiplayer battles. And I always assumed that Splatoon was just like multiplayer stuff. And that was kind of its whole thing. Nope. Um, Splatoon has always had a single-player campaign, and it is tough. It is very hard. Especially if you go for a thousand percent, which I have, um, which is you complete... You, you're you given a weapon at the beginning of every level that you have to complete the weapon or the level with, but then you can go back and play the level up to three more times with different weapons, and then um, each weapon ha- poses like a different challenge for the level, mm-hmm. and so that's when you go back and you test your difficulty and you know how the weapons and everything... But if I were to liken the campaign gameplay to anything, it would probably be Super Mario Sunshine. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, like yeah, it's very surprising it's not in the platformer category when it's ever talked about. Yeah, it's hmm. it's very hella classic platformer. Um, very wrap your mind around the concept of how this weapon works to traverse the level and then complete the level like that. It's, it's really fun. Hmm. Um, I'm actually really surprised how, how that... I didn't know that either. How was this not common knowledge? I think I mean, it's, I think it's because what they push for the game is like. Well, it's definitely multiplayer, multiplayer centric. Classic. Yeah. It's like Call of Duty, where yeah, okay, there's a campaign, but multiplayer though. Right. <laughs> yeah. Except for the campaign is good. Hey, man, Boom. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two had one of the best campaigns I've ever played. 
and you can at me for that one. I mean, yeah, that but that game's Warfare... like, what, 16 years old? Yeah, that game's old. So. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, Get across the street! No. Get across the street! Uh, but yeah, I mean, just like that, like I thought those had good campaigns, but all anybody ever talked about was the multiplayer. No, so maybe that's so this situation, too. I believe that the DLC, the Octo Expansion, is like $20? Yeah. But it's well worth the money. It's... It's probably longer than the original campaign, and it is so hard. It's so hard. It's like it's like portal portal level campaign. Like the people that are not already invested in Splatoon don't realize that this is also like the mythology that Debbie was talking about. It's it's like ingrained into Japanese culture right now, and the the manga and everything that we don't get. You know, we have to you know find it randomly on websites as uh, JPEGs and stuff. Um, <laughs> Like, there's just so much of it out there that we don't get to see normally. So, yeah, anytime we can chat up Splatoon, by all means. <laughs> wow, look at Carlos knowing all about the manga and stuff. A man after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks because Ninjala's the same way. Like, we get this, you know, microcosm of the multiplayer experience, and then there is a story mode, which is laughable at best. But, um,. A lot of the storytelling happens outside of the medium. So they they also have like megas and everything over there. Um, and there's a cartoon that you can watch on YouTube um, that explains more about the lore of the characters and everything. But I'm really sad that we don't get any of the, the books because I would really love to see there are characters introduced in the books that we don't ever get to meet as far as we know um, in Ninjala. And I'm not certain if that's the same case for Splatoon either. But... Um, Splatoon does a better job, I think, of putting more of the story into the game. Whereas in the DLC, you learn about Marinette and Pearl through, like, secret files that you have to unlock and everything. And it was the same way in the campaign for Splatoon 1, where you kind of learn the history of the war that started between the Octolings and the Squids. And then Captain Cuttlefish, who was, like, at the helm of that war. So I've always wondered about Captain Cuttlefish. <laughs> like, he's kind of a goober, but oh my god, in the past, he was... Cutthroat serious business. Like, it, it's crazy that the switch between... I mean, I guess when you got, like, war dementia or whatever, you know. War dementia. <laughs> I mean, it's not... He doesn't have PTSD, so it's... It, he's just kind of a goober. <laughs> would you say that he's a goofy goober? I would compare him to Mermaid Man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Interesting. Um, Interesting. But that's what's into you. Other than that, I've been playing Valheim, which I think we're going to be diving more into um, for our party topic, but I'm in love with this game. Yep. I'm obsessed with this game, and I hate survivors. I hate yep. them. I hate them. It's pretty cool. But I just played Valheim for 24 hours straight. So... Man, I... Most people, <laughs> when they'd say that, I'd be like, do you... Okay, you're being facetious. Like, you're... <laughs> like, no, you know, that <laughs> uh, No, I believe that you played that game for 24 hours straight. Like, um, I was... That game was pretty good. I think I started playing before you started streaming yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had convinced you to come over because um, you wanted to see what the new server was like. Mm -hmm. And then I had played onward until morning. Ha ha, Peter Pan. And um, <laughs> just beyond. And I just, I went to bed when I was done. <laughs> oh my goodness. You crazy for that one. Okay. And we're back. So for today's party topic... Uh, we're going to talk about some survival games. So right now, in our community, the two biggest games that we have people playing are Valheim, which is really hot right now, and Don't Starve. They're both survival games, but they are very, very different. 
Um, so we want to tackle a little bit of what makes Valheim so different and why people are drawn to both of these games. So uh, let's first talk about what in the world these games are. So Valheim is a game that just came out uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That is by Iron Gate Studios. The game is $20 on Steam. It is an early access. It's only on Steam. And uh, when it dropped, let's see, in the first week, it had over a million concurrent players. And in the second week, uh, it hit 2 million. So that's crazy. Uh, as far as I understand, it is the most successful early access release ever. And the pos- or the reviews on Steam were 95% overwhelmingly positive, which is wild. Um, especially for a game that has so much potential to fail. Uh, it is technically a survival game, even though we'll get into why uh, it, it's so unique. But it's procedurally generated. Technically, the graphics are pretty low quality. Uh, there are a lot of reasons that this game could have just been any game that people don't hear about. Uh, but it's not. Instead, it's Valheim. And uh, last Saturday, we got a whole bunch of people together. We created a server uh, Debbie, you and I jumped on for a while. Uh, my friend Elfernader. Um, we played for like five or six hours, just the three of us. And it didn't feel I felt like at all. No, it didn't. And uh, the time just slipped away, and I felt like a kid again. That that when it opens up and you don't really know what you're doing, and it drip feeds information to you. It's like go build a tool. Okay, you walk around, you collect some wood and some rocks off the ground, you make uh, an axe. Oh, now you can chop logs. Well, you chop logs, you get more wood. You can create a hammer. Now that you have a hammer, you can craft a workbench. Uh, so as you get something, this raven will show up because in Valheim, you're a Viking. You have died and you're now in uh, Odin's realm and you're trying to prove yourself to him. And so there's a raven uh, Hugin, is that right? <laughs> he's Who, a Hugin. Uh, he's a Hugin. Uh, she is. She, oh, she's a <laughs> she up And she teaches you like what in the world is going on, and uh, that happens at a rate that's pretty satisfying. Where it's just like, hey, here's new stuff. Try it out. Hey, now that you've tried it out, do this thing as well. Or uh, if you want to upgrade your workbench to craft more stuff, then build this. Uh, go explore. Um, the game doesn't immediately tell you what to do, but it shows you the next step of what is possible at any given moment, usually through crafting recipes. And when you craft those recipes, then more stuff will open up. You can explore further. You can find and fight stronger enemies. You can craft cooler parts of your house uh, to either make it look cool or to have some other upgrade. But it's technically a survival game. But I think the most important part, and certainly that our community has latched onto, is that this game is super chill. Um, in a lot of survival games, like Don't Starve, which I'll talk about in a minute, uh, Don't Starve, you're starving all the time. You're, you have all these bars to juggle, uh, and if any of them get too low, then it's going to be bad. Uh, probably you're going to die. And so in a game like Don't Starve, where you kind of feel like you're always trying to just keep ahead of death in Valheim you're chilling uh in Valheim if you AFK nothing bad's gonna happen um you can there's technically a hunger meter 
But hunger is just used to buff yourself, to either give yourself more health or more regen. But if you don't eat anything, you don't die. Because as uh, there's, let's see, I think it was a PC Gamer article. They've been on fire with Valheim coverage. It basically went into the influence of this game and why being reminded that you have to eat is not a fun game mechanic. <laughs> and yeah, I, like, uh, I like how in Valheim it's just like, you could eat another bite. It's like, you're dying! You know, right. in Valheim it's like, uh, you can eat if you want. I mean, it's okay. Just whatever you, whatever you feel like. like. <laughs> just like, you know, it's your, it's your grandma showing up just being like, hey, I'm just trying to make sure you're eating. Have That's you it. eaten today? Did you eat your chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> The day that uh, we discover how to craft chocolate, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you something that like Debbie will have won the day. <laughs> a real life achievement. Yay! Um, chocolates from Thomas. <laughs> so Valheim is a lot of fun. Uh, when I describe it like that, it just sounds like a survival and exploration game, which it is. But the gameplay loop of exploring and discovering and crafting a new item, and then opening, like seeing before you the possibilities of what you could do next is a really nice gameplay loop. Um, and this game would probably be pretty cool if it was a single-player game, but it's a multiplayer game. You can play it by yourself, but it's a multiplayer game, and the social aspect of exploring with your friends, especially when you're all pretty new, that is where this game pops. I would say if you have not played any Valheim yet, and you're interested, I would actually recommend either playing by yourself for a little bit, or much better, try to find someone else who is brand new, just like you. Because discovering things together is the best in that game. I had so much fun just going around and being like, whoa, have you seen such and such? Oh no, I haven't. I'll be right there. And you all huddle together, and you're like, wow, look at this crazy enemy. Or hey, there's is this like a dungeon we can go into? Um, those moments are fantastic, and in a year full, uh, well, today it's 2021, I guess, and not 2020 anymore, uh, but at a time where we've been inside, and I've really talked about loving these more casual or, or low-res social games, like Phasmophobia, right. Among Us, things like that, um, this game fits right in line with those. You hang out with your friends, you discover how the game works, and you progress uh, cooperatively. And... I will say that um, one of the best things about the the atmosphere of the game is that, yeah, it's like low poly, but it has modern, what really gets it is the modern lighting mechanic. Yeah. Like the, the god beams, the sunshine, the stars at night, the fog, like everything. It good. It, it's so beautiful. And then coupled with the music, like I could just get lost. It's like almost Animal Crossing pastoral. Yeah. It's, Oh, that is a hundred percent on. Uh, I've I've watched a bunch of streams now where mostly I just have it on because I like the music. It's especially if I can find a real chill streamer. It's the music, and then somebody just being like, "Oh, let's see what's over here. Oh, this is great. Well, I'm done with this. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna build a house. <laughs> you know, and it's just very take it at your own pace. Uh, yeah, maybe it has more in common with Animal Crossing than I give it credit for. Because uh, Animal Crossing, not a survival game. Um, but you know what? Actually, that's a perfect segue. Because Animal Crossing came out last March. Came out at the beginning-ish of the pandemic. And 
I enjoyed it for a little bit. I especially spent a lot of time on the couch next to Lizzie while she was playing that game. And it got to a point where I could see why she was loving it so much. But I kid you not, I had the thought, I like this game, but I wish it was trying to kill me. <laughs> That's a real thought that I had. And that was when I uh, I went and I, re- I picked up again uh, the game Don't Starve. So Don't Starve is a game that uh, a friend of mine recommended to me a while back. Um, my friend Christina and I played it. Uh, we... So you you go you get into Don't Starve and the game doesn't tell you how to do anything. Uh, to to compare this, so I'm gonna mostly shift to Don't Starve, tell you guys what it's about, and then I'm gonna compare that to Valheim. So Don't Starve is hard, hard AF. That game doesn't tell you how to do anything, and it's completely about experimenting and discovering everything yourself. So the difference between Valheim is that the game really is always trying to kill you. You, it, uh, it's a traditional survival game where you've got a hunger bar a health bar and in this one you have a sanity bar um there are all sorts of different things that have all sorts of different impacts on those three bars but that's up to you to figure it out uh the game doesn't tell you that you need fire at night if you don't have a fire you'll die you'll just straight up die on day or on the very first night um you know you can collect berries and carrots and meat but uh, if you really want to make it good, you need to discover how to make a crock pot and cook real food. Uh, it's a game that really has that loop of like, it's kind of like the game Limbo, where it's going to teach you something by probably killing you or almost killing you first. It's like you're going to fail first, and then you're going to do the correct thing next time. And uh, that, if you like survival games, Don't Starve is a whole lot of fun. Um, I've been avoiding the Wikipedia because to figure out that stuff on your own while you're constantly managing these bars of trying to keep your sanity up, uh, trying to eat enough food and not freeze to death because winter in that game is ridiculous. It's so, it's so hard. It's so hard. Um, I feel like we're facing that right now. Like don't starve's winter is what's happening to us right now. Yeah, that's exactly right. Except we have housing. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Don't Starve is more of a traditional survival game. I like it a lot. We have, uh, almost eight people playing in our community right now, which is pretty great. And here's a plug for on Wednesday nights, we're streaming from the party invite channel, uh, for as long as we continue to have players. So every Wednesday from our, uh, Twitch, you can expect to see some Don't Starve. Um, so there's more I could tell you, but I love, I really like that game. There is so much I have yet to discover because I usually freeze to death in winter. So <laughs> I, I've i only seen spring and summer in that game once. Um, but what I would really recommend is if, if any of this, if my passion about that game sparks your interest, check out one of our streams, because uh, much like Valheim, playing that game by yourself is fun, but playing it with other people as you're discovering things together, that's what makes that game pop. Like, I would rather... Chris, if I was playing with you, I'd be like, wow, Chris went over and attacked that uh, that buffalo-looking thing, and he immediately died. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And, and that really is what a lot of the game is, is you experiment with something, and you're like, oh, hey, friend, I just discovered blah, blah, blah. 
Um, you know, I just discovered if you cook these foods together, you get something cool. So, my it's crazy how like the antithesis yeah. of that experience in Don't Starve is to your experience in Valheim, because in Valheim, you in particular, Thomas, always seem to find like the hordes of enemies. Yeah. Oh, hey, is that a skeleton? Oh, is that an army of skeletons and a troll? Oh, how about that? Okay, yeah, well, um, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, I was streaming, uh, after Don't Starve, I was streaming Valheim with you, and I was like, oh, there are there are several enemies over here. And you're just like, are, are you fine? I'm like, yeah, I think I'm fine. And Steve, who was our community spotlight last week, he was like, oh, man, you're dead. <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, I messed around and I found out. Well, what made it worse, too, is because you were muting yourself for chat, for your Twitch chat. And I was like, do you need help? No response. Oh. Okay, well, then let me just... Are you sure you're okay? And I have your stream up, so I'm like watching in the corner where I'm like, <laughs> you don't look okay. I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> so, uh, eventually, man. I got I got there, but it was too late. He had already died. The most dangerous <laughs> part of Valheim is when you accidentally mute your Discord. That's the struggle. <laughs> um, we need proximity chat. That would be really cool. Oh, that would be cool. Uh, my my kind of question with Valheim is because, like, as someone who doesn't play, like, the most time I've probably spent in a survival game is probably original no man's sky <laughs> like the oh dear early early versions of that and even even when i got back into it just recently in vr that game is a grind it is not it does not value your time whatsoever um and like to do anything you have to collect 200 of this certain object and this certain object and like it's a lot of gathering of materials so that you don't die or to be able to use a thing. Um, mm -hmm. Do you find that, that there's a lot of that in Valheim where you have to, like, you find yourself constantly going out just to chop wood just so you have stuff to uh, do things Okay, with. so... It feels grindy in that like, way is what I mean, in other survival I ways. would like Debbie to answer this because she might have a different answer than me. But when we played with the three of us for, for several hours, mm -hmm. uh, so we there's no pressure to do anything. So I discovered, I was like, I really want to build a house. And so I spent a huge amount of time poorly building a chimney <laughs> and dropping wood. I just accidentally deleted the roof all over everybody several times. <laughs> uh but what happened there was I was using a ton of resources, but uh, Debbie was off doing her own thing and building her cool mansion. And my friend Elfernator was just exploring the forest. So each time he would fill up his inventory and he'd come back, he'd be like, hey, I found this cool item over here. And here's some wood I found on the way. And so each time that he would come back from exploring, uh, he would just drop off materials to me. So it was fun in that way because I never... I, I had to, all I had to do was ask and I would receive. I would just be like, hey, uh, I know I haven't been helping you in combat at all, but if you could bring some wood back home, that'd be great. And uh, since he was just picking it up on his travels, just as you walk around, sometimes you can purposely, you know, chop trees if you want. Um, it was nice for me because I just constantly had resources. Uh, if, if I wanted to only build, which is definitely a small portion of that game that I just cho chose to focus on, uh, if I only wanted to build, then yeah, I definitely have to go chop a lot of wood. But because I had teammates who were just exploring the world, it I really didn't have any limitations, which yeah. I think is another estimate of why you should totally play this with a crew. Yeah. yeah. Um, and something I else. Say, um, in yeah, my 
in my experience with the resources and everything, the only time that it ever hits a wall, and it's a very small wall, is when you have to start smelting metal. Um, because you, there are like generators that you use to like smelt the metal, and then you have to run that with coal, and then coal you just make by burning wood. So it's a very small wall, but that's the only one that I've come across. Okay. It's not very grindy at all because you put everything in the smelter and then you can just go about doing your business, exploring the world or whatever, and you come back and then all your metal's right there. Okay. So it goes it goes while you're doing whatever you're doing. And also, if you go to bed, and this goes for anything that takes time to do. So like um, growing trees or um, burning wood to make coal. Um, if you go to sleep, everything happens while you're sleeping. So it's like fast traveling time. You'll wake up and then everything's there. Okay. So if you're um, a multiplayer, if you all go to sleep at the same time, like Minecraft, it'll mm-hmm. kick you over to the next morning. Gotcha. Right. And then everything will be done. Um, as well, different kinds of tree will also still give you the base wood type, um, as, as well as like their own special kind of wood. So oh. there's not really a shortage of wood as a resource. Okay. As far as that goes. Um, so you're, you're not finding yourself having to go out and constantly chop trees down for like the base wood or whatever, because if you chop down a different kind of tree, you're still going to get the base wood. And you can plant more trees to replace the ones that you chop down and have like a tree farm or do whatever it is. Or, That's or cool. Is. I've, I've picked up a pine cone before, but I've never figured out how to plant it. Probably because mm-hmm. I was too busy with that chimney. But you know. <laughs> and so the... Uh, I guess the PvP aspect of this doesn't exist if you're on your own private server. Is that is that kind of what I'm getting at uh, there? Okay, uh, you, so, can, you can toggle it. Okay. It's, it's like an on and off feature. Okay. And um, so if people can only get into your server with the password. There are no servers that don't have passwords. Okay. So that was something no like, one can accidentally get into your server. Yeah, that's like uh, something a uh, friend of the pod, Justin Walker, would play Ark. Uh, and then mm-hmm. he'd be like, hey, yeah, and we didn't play for like a couple weeks, and we came back and all of our shit was destroyed and stolen because a raiding band came through and like took out all of our stuff. And I was like, in a game that you it's you take so much time just to like gather supplies and things like that, like that just sounds like the exact opposite of what I would want from a game, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would say when I've heard you discuss, when I've heard you talk about survival games, uh, when you say like the grind, I think some, I think where I see appeal and you see setback is uh, like even with No Man's Sky, yeah, there is a lot of resource gathering, but for me, I I really like the satisfaction of like, oh man, my bar was really low, I was almost in danger. Whew, I refilled it just in time. But and the, while you're doing that, you're exploring like, oh man, look at that cool mountain. And it's like something will happen even in Don't Starve where I'm like, oh, look at this cool area. Oh crap, I'm about to starve. Well, that's And so then I've got to be like, oh yeah, I got to the, the get prob- back to what I was The doing. problem with a game like No Man's Sky is you could land on a planet that doesn't have the thing you need. And now you're you're just screwed. Like you're going to have to like just yeah, keep wandering the planet what's and figure on a it planet out. Before you land on it. Not an early game, you cannot. Uh, you can scan it, and it kind of shows you some things. But early on in that game, you don't understand that if I land on this planet and there's no carbon, th- I can't get off this planet. Uh, 
like those kind of things. Like you yeah, just don't, th- yeah, that's like, you know what I mean? Like most of the time you're going to be able to find those, those base things, at least maybe it's different now since they've updated it so many damn times. But like early on, I remember like one of my saves was just lost because I could, I didn't have the stuff to get off of the planet. Um, mm-hmm. Like I couldn't refill the engines. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's good that you can toggle the PVP thing. Cause that, that's something in those games that it's always like, just not appealing to me of people being able to come in and kind of wipe like it's the the appeal of it is that you're in this massive you know thing with other players and all this and that's fun and all but if you lose everything that's not as that's not that fun dude there's there's yeah, a pvp really in, in valheim because everything does a really good job of killing you on its own so. yeah, and that's and that, okay. yeah and, and that's kind of what starve, i was going to ask yeah mode there's a pvp mode and don't starve like when you start the world you can be like is it a social cooperative survival or pvp or something like that and i'm thinking like dude i can't survive on my own you're telling me that i would have to think (laughs) about another player walking up and attacking me like no way no way that just seems wild yeah and i don't have any interest in pvp in either of those games i in valheim what what are the like dangers you're like so you're exploring a lot and you're like running into like hordes of enemies and, and things like that but are um i heard you, so- you say something about a dungeon earlier thomas or or something like that just kind of in our uh so we it really felt like an old computer rpg to be honest uh there were like you can have up to 10 people on a server at one time okay and we had either five i think we had five of us that went into we were like oh there are skeletons over here oh we can go underground over here Let's check it out. So we walk in, and it's this very close corridors, underground, cavey looking thing. Um, and and you the walk sounds in. in there. So unsettling. <laughs> They're spooky. And so we go in there, we fight some skeletons, we get some loot, we find some cool stuff we've never seen. Um, it's short and sweet. It's not like a dungeon in a typical RPG where there's like a boss at the end or anything. Uh, but we found a few of those in that area we were in. And... Uh, and it was fun. I mean, it there wasn't like a name to it or anything. We just found it. Um, but that's kind of the draw of walking around in that in in that world, is you just find stuff, and you can ignore it or you can check it out. Uh, there, like like I've said, there's just no pressure to do anything. It's just you being like, "Wow, that looks cool. Let's check it out." But there are but you know, so come on, man. So my get my. My question really is like, what is the point? Like, is there like, because there are bosses, right? Like that you fight. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd forgotten yeah. there was, and we finally yeah. fought one yesterday. And Debbie was like, "Oh yeah, they hype this boss up, but it's a it's a pushover." And sure enough, it was a pushover. Yeah, like right before you go to the sacrificial altar to summon Ether, Hugin is just like, "This is a forsaken. You have to have your best armor and your best weaponry, and have a meal before you fight." And then, so I was just spending my time, you know, prepping up for that. And I finally fight him on my own server, and I'm like, oh. Dude, straight up, the only thing that mattered was that you ate food before you fought him. That's it. So like, that's just, just the like first boss, too, you know? And there's, yeah. like, there's like seven bosses-ish. And, I mean, that, that we know of. That we know of. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I expect them to get exorbitantly harder, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I saw a screenshot on one of the PC gamer articles, and uh, I was like, "That doesn't look anything like 
like I haven't seen that enemy or that environment before. That seems interesting. Yeah, and, uh, and it's crazy so, because since it's all procedurally generated, there aren't any clues as to, like, I think you always do start out in the meadows when you first generate a server. I think you always do, yeah, just because it's like the peaceful, you know, base home bio or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it's anyone's game. You can find mm-hmm. any biome wherever you go, no matter what. There aren't any clues that point you towards a certain way. Like, if you find this rock assortment, you're guaranteed to find like a black forest or anything like that, or yeah. like if you had. South, you'll always find a mountain, a snow mountain. You know, it's always procedurally generated. It's always different. Uh, yeah. something, and something that always kind of bothered me about a game like No Man's Sky is, like, what am I doing this for? You know what I mean? Like, um, it seems like in No Man's Sky, it's like, hey, harvest materials to get a ship. Harvest more materials to sell them and get a better ship to go harvest more materials and get a better ship. Like, that was the loop. Like, that's kind of, like, there wasn't totally. much no, else to that's, do. That's, that's pretty it. pretty much... More or less, that's what survival games are. And yeah. I can tell you unequivocally, you shouldn't play any because you're not going to like them. <laughs> you're, you shouldn't try a new one because you're not going to like that one either. Uh, it really, it is like in Don't Starve, I technically, I've heard that there's a way that you can beat that game. But for me, the loop of just being able to survive another day is the reward. Like the reward is the sun came out and you're not dead yet. <laughs> Do it again. Well, it's something like um, Valheim too, with it being an early access, there could be a like, and especially with the way it's diving into lore, there could be eventually something that's actually like the carrot on the end of the stick instead of there's another stick and another carrot, and another stick and another carrot. That's just, it's kind of the same mm-hmm. carrot and stick. The well, there already, yeah. is, there already is kind of a carrot on the stick because like the whole end game is beat all the bosses and you ascend to Valhalla or not Valhalla. Um, but yeah, Valhalla. See, that's more, that's more what I was kind of like getting at is like, what are you trying to do besides just explore and forage and build stuff? You know, like we're, it, we're in, in no man's sky. It's a voice calling to, you, but all that stuff doesn't ever get anywhere. Right. Like it never, it never progresses to a point where it's like, Oh, I'm actually getting answers of like what this universe is or what's happening here. You know, but at least with this, it's kind of grounded in the in the Norse lore. I say grounded, but it's it's you know mythology and stuff. But um, yeah, if if you're working your way to ascend to Valhalla, that gives you more of a like here's the beginning and here's the end, sort of. But there's a lot going on in the in between. Yeah, Oat's gonna call me up and be like, "Yo, what's taking so long?" I'll be like, "Oh, I forgot you needed me to do something." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a war going over here. We need you. Well, that's good. And it's only it's only $20 too, right? So it's it's mm-hmm. cheap. It's an early access so you know and with its success, they're going to iterate and iterate and iterate. My only my only thing that kind of stops me a little bit is I don't think the game looks very good. Um I know it's an early access and like just came out, but I just there's nothing about that art style that they're doing that I'm like that looks like something I want to check out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, definitely an art direction. I think it's a choice. It's definitely a, a cognizant choice to go that way, that low res, low poly look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is why people have likened it to RuneScape in that right. way. Like, I personally describe it as a baby of Minecraft and Skyrim. And then it just looks like RuneScape. Yeah. So, like, the gameplay and the mechanics and everything is, is there. I don't think that graphics should be anything that turns you away from a video game, period. That's just where I stand um, because the game is about. It's it's called a game, right? So it's right. like about the game play. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not it's not a video art. You know what I mean? So I like, mean it could yeah. be. I mean I mean Cardo from like video art. Yeah, 
He, he does like the visual novels. Um, that's that's fair enough. But still, visual novel is a type of gameplay. Right. So, so uh, the the article that uh, Shell shared was um, basically the difference between Valheim and other survival games is that it cuts out the stress. Um, and which is the bad. It, it which takes, is the bad part. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. and so it, it cuts off a lot of the stuff that you don't necessarily need, keeps the stuff that you do like, and they brought up graphics in that sense where it's like, hey, it's procedurally generated. So you don't need everything to to be like nice and clean. Right. But you just need it to work. And so it works in that the everything's like real pixelated, low poly, but the lighting is really good. And so the article even says that screenshots of the game really don't do justice to how the game looks, which is a hundred percent true. Yeah. Um when, like when the sun comes out, like when you walk out of your house and you see the sun rising in front of you, it looks awesome. Cool. Um, a screenshot would just be like, okay, yeah, the sun's the sun's out, <laughs> sun's out, and and there's some cool shadows, guns out. Uh, but as you're like walking around, mm-hmm. I should make yeah, a new one because all all three of my houses, one on my own server, the one on the first party invite server, and the one on the modern party party invite server, all three of them are on the on the water because I love watching that sun come up, and I love watching yeah. the water and the way that the light plays off of it. Like Thomas, I was streaming once. And you had said, hey, what are those red things on the water? And I said, that's the sunset playing off of the rocks. Yeah. Like, it's it's so, so pretty. So gorgeous. I did I did hear uh, Danny O'Dwyer on the Bombcast say that uh, he feels like the simulation aspects of it and, like, the system's depth is probably a lot. There's a lot more there that he's just not fully experienced yet. Um, the example that he gave was that... You know, you have to create a chimney, basically, for smoke to leave the house, right? Or the mm-hmm. whole house fills up with smoke. So he does that, right? And then it starts raining in a certain direction at one point, mm-hmm. where now the rain is hitting his fire and putting his fire out. And he's like, what? That can happen? Like, right. now I have to figure out this problem. Um, what? What? How That's do you like, feel so, about... So long to make a chimney. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> I was... I was like, okay, uh, I think we're good, but I made a two-story house, and when I went up on the second story, the smoke was just chilling where the beds were, <laughs> and I was like, well, this ain't gonna work. I'm literally dying trying to stand here. <laughs> um, and if you if you don't build your walls right, uh, the rain can do damage to like your stuff inside of your house. I think, I think that's what other people have been saying. Yeah, um, yeah, the rain can damage your structure if it's not protected by like roofing and whatnot. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so you can actually repair it with your hammer too. But and, you, oh, you the nice thing about the nice hot. thing about repairing things in this game, it doesn't cost anything. So like upkeeping stuff just means you look at it and you have a crafting station and you click it. Uh, when I first started the game, my hammers kept breaking because I was building so much, and I didn't know that you could repair your hammers for free. So I kept just making new ones. And Debbie and Elvernator were both like. What are you doing? Like, there's just a corner of your house full of hammers, and you know these things repair for free, right? I'm just like, oh, I didn't know that. Oops. Like, there's no reason in the whole world for me to make more than one hammer, and I made, like, six of them. Do you, uh, guys, do yeah. you guys think that Velheim? I know that it's, like, it's the flavor of the of the week, right? Like, it mm-hmm. sold a million copies in its first week and, and all those kind of things. Do you feel like... This is drawn. Well, we've already kind of, but do you think it is something that people are going to stick with, 
Or do you think this is like a Fall Guys type situation where um, Fall Guys did incredible numbers off the bat and then kind of faded back um, mm-hmm. a bit? Or do you think uh, this is like something that's here to stay? So uh, this could go two different ways. So Don't Starve is a game that came out in 2013. I just picked it up last year and they constantly update that game. It goes like it's it used to be just on Steam. Now it's on every platform, but it's being uh, ported to each one differently. So each game, like the game on Switch is different than the game on PS4 is different on Steam. Um, but there are always new players coming in because the updates are delivering so much content. So on one hand, you're retaining people. And on the other, you're actually bringing in new people who are like, wait, this game is seven, eight years old. Uh, I think what we'll see with Valheim is that with the huge success that it's had right now, um, I think you will have people that keep starting up who will stick with it because it's procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. So there's always an opportunity to either make a new server or to go to your friend's servers and build a new house there. You know, help like make a new character and level that person up on your friend's server because they just started playing. Um, because of that procedural generation, I think it will have staying power and I think the money they've made off of it, I think we're really going to see a payoff from that. But maybe more importantly than that, because none of that matters if you don't have players playing it to play with, you've got to keep that player count up. And I think that this will continue to be a game that is people's first survival experience. Um, It was in an interview with the uh, creator, he said that Zelda and Skyrim were two of the biggest influences on this game, which Mm -hmm. are not traditional survival games. And mm. I think that's why it's had such uh, so much accessibility because people are less intimidated by a game that's not constantly, constantly trying to kill you. So I think for a lot of people, this will continue to be their first step into the genre this year, next year, the year after that. I, I really hope, I, th- I, I really hope, I think and I really hope that this will have some staying power. Yeah, I agree. Like, I wake up every day now, and it's like the first thing I think about. Like, I want to log on and like go exploring and listen to the music and gather resources and everything. And I despise survival games. Like, I hate them. Well, hate it, I guess, since, you know, Valheim kind of took my heart. Right. But like, all of the conventions of a survival game that I hated, it still has, but it eschews all of the like bad parts of those parts. So like, I hated managing hunger. Well, now I'm I get hungry, but it's only like it only busts me. It like doesn't degrade me at all. I hated having to endure weather. Well, now weather only debuffs me unless you go into like the freezing biome, which cold can't kill you. But like if it's raining, like freezing cold can kill you. But like regular cold just makes you regen health sl- more slowly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm cold, I just have to get warm. That's fine. If I'm hungry, no big deal. I just have a lower pool of health. Maybe avoid battles if I don't have food. But I always have food. Um. The the gathering of the resources and like the melting and uh, the melting of the metals, all of that is done passively. I don't have to like sit there and watch and wait for it. I could just go off and continue to do my own thing. So that's taken care of. Um, I don't know. It's just it's a really good, soundly developed first survival. It's it has a very low barrier of entry. I think it's really accessible. People are curious about the genre. I think it's their best their best bet. And it's only twenty bucks, it, so that's like that's, bucks. Yeah. And this is easily one of the more polished uh, early access games I've ever played. It feels like a whole game. It really does. 
Um, yeah, yeah, it's great that it's twenty dollars. I'm glad that it's not like forty or sixty or something like that. Um, a, a little, a funny tidbit. So they sold over two million copies in the first two weeks. Uh, this interview says that uh, so it was the tenth highest concurrent player count on Steam ever, not just at the time, but ever. Uh, and now there are more virtual Vikings playing Valheim than there were actual Vikings at their peak in the 1300s. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. Um, so this week, we don't have a community spotlight on one person. We have a spotlight on two people. Um, That's a twist. We, uh, so we will have a future actual spotlight on uh, these individuals, but we have two community mods. We have two new community moderators, uh, Shell and Morgan. They are... Uh, yep, that's Shell and QB on um, Twitch and Twitter. They are fantastic people. Uh, they've been on yes, uh, the, the first experiences I ever had with Among Us were with the two of them. I've known Shell uh, for a few years, but um, those experiences were awesome. And they are the kind of people that make you feel welcome as soon as you walk in. Like they don't have to know you. Um, they're just very kind and helpful and patient. Just find them on our Facebook page or on uh, Discord. You can see them on the list of moderators. Mm-hmm. But we are super happy to have them. Um, our, our team of mods is growing. So, um, yeah, you can expect to see more of them in the future as well. We have uh, Don't Starve Wednesdays. We're playing Don't Starve Together. The tough thing about that game, you can't pause it. Uh, <laughs> so, like, streaming it and playing chat or uh, reading chat is its own extra <laughs> survival element. It's like, how badly do you want to interact with the community? Is it worth it? Chat's like a new bar. Right. <laughs> it's like the other day when I was just like, hey, Thomas, read this. Oh, you're cold now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, you haven't talked to chat in a while. They're getting feisty. And you got to look over and it's like, oh, now you're freezing to death. Um, anyway, that's on Wednesdays. You can find me streaming from the Party Invite channel. Uh, this Saturday, and hopefully for future Saturdays, I would love to get more people playing Valheim. Um, but yes. what really matters is that Brawley, who was one of our community spotlights in the past, he very generously uh, turned one of his computers that was a server for something else into a dedicated Valheim server for Party Invite, which is so cool. <laughs> he just offered to do it. Nice. He just was like, oh yeah, no big deal. So he has a full-time computer running at home, uh, keeping the server up. That's important because now anyone can log into it with the password at any time. It doesn't matter if I'm logged in like the old server. Now you can play without us and you can invite uh, whoever in the community. That's really exciting. This is the first time I've ever played on a dedicated server for any game. Yeah, those 24 hours that I was talking about were spent on that server. Just yep. building my house, and I haven't explored much because I want to explore like with everyone else. So I spent all that basically just gathering resources and building my house. Well, I'm excited Which to see your fun. mansion. Your mansion was pretty cool on that waterfront when I first saw it. <laughs> so you should yeah. see it now. It's it's kind of decadent. Mm-hmm. We'll have lie. to make a feature called House <laughs> Flippers, and it's just us building <laughs> cool Valheim houses. <laughs> it's villas. Welcome to my villa. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, do you want to let everybody know where they can go uh, find us? Uh, yeah, they should definitely go to... The um, very first thing for me would be uh, anchor.fm. Uh, you can look us up for Party Invite. Uh, our audio podcast is there. YouTube mm-hmm. at Party Invite is just uh, where all of the rest of our content is. We really want uh, some more views over there, some more subs to 
to get us going, uh, get some more uh, of our QTE videos, uh, views uh, as well. Hit Not that bell. Our, our smash podcast. that like button. <laughs> and I guess they could smash and subscribe and, and like and hit that bell and all those things. And of course, we... Uh, we you sound uh, like, like flirting with a Zoomer. You want to <laughs> hit that bell? You want to smash that button? Right. Uh, of course, we're also on Twitter at as Party Invite um, and our Twitch as Party Invite Show. Uh, we are definitely getting a lot more uh, a lot more work on there and uh, oh yeah, getting some more traction. We are just about at fifty followers, right? So um, it's it's a good time wherever you find us. And of course, the most active community is our Facebook group under Party Invite and uh, our Discord. I mean. What what is that what is that place that people can go to, Debbie? To get it's all the linktr.ee slash party invite. That's right. If that's much too much too much of like a mental load to handle, just go to there. We have everything listed. Yep. Yep, and I'll take <laughs> that's it to right. everything. And we've got the, the website, partyinvite.games and all this stuff, and we are looking to uh put a lot more out there, so hit us up no matter where you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to do it for our episode this week. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.